for an inside look at the state's biggest footy league, it's the Monday Waffle. It's Monday, which means the Monday Waffle is back for another episode. I'm your host this week, Julian Vicentini, and joining me in the chair is none other than Daniel Lichens. Good day, Daniel. How you going, mate? Good, Jules. How are you, mate? Very, very, very good. And just we're going to get even better, mate. Huge episode of the Monday Waffle this week. We are celebrating NAIDOC week. It's been, a, it's been a huge week for the Waffle. They sadly missed out last year to celebrate this week due to COVID-19. So it's back this year and it was it's fantastic. Now, Dan, there was a couple of good Waffle games as well. Absolutely. Two absolutely tight Waffle games we'll be talking about a bit later. One was our match of the week that we managed to get down to. And, of course, the big news story of the week, the return of Harry Taylor to the Waffle. Whoa. Doesn't it just get you excited? It does. And we'll be chatting to him a little later on the pod, which I'm very excited about, Jules. And we're going to have our review and tips for next week's round of waffles. So stay tuned for this episode. Now let's look at the round 14 match results and stat getters for this round of waffle. East Fremantle took on Peel Thunder at New Choice Holmes Park. Peel Thunder getting the win. 13 goals, 10, 88 to 9, 8, 62 over the Sharks. The key disposal getters, Jackson Merritt for Peel had 30 and Michael Randall had 27. And looking on the other side of the page, Cameron Erdley had 28 for the Sharks and Blaine Boakhurst had 25. The goal scorers, mate, we mentioned him and we're going to ask him later on in the pod. Harry Taylor did kick four goals in his in his return to Waffle Footy. And Alexander Montembarn kicked two goals for the Sharks. And for the winning side, three goals to Luke Valenti and two goals each for Brodie Lake and Lachlan Cullen. On to my next game, another derby, West Perth, 14-13-97, defeated East Perth, 10-7-67 for a 30-point win to the Falcons. And the goal scorer, as Tyler Keitel, extends his lead at the top of the Berlin Naylor medal with four goals. Mitch Antonio with three for West Perth, and may I say, the waffle social media did him dirty with that photo. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Robertson, Matthew Young, and Thomas Edward Baldwin's all kicking two for the Royals. In disposals, Aaron Black leading again, 32 for West Perth. Shane Nelson not far behind on 29 and Nathan Murray with 28 for the Falcons and Angus Schumacher with 31 for the Royals Jackson Ramsey the captain and Kai Wilcox both on 29 ball gets now going to leadable oval Subiaco keep their spot on top of the table with a 10-11-71 victory over Perth 6-8-44 the key disposal getters a massive 36 touches for look I think this guy's my favourite player in the competition Greg Clark I love Greg Clark he's an absolute gun and Lee Kitchen had 33 and on the other side of the table, Brady Gray for Perth had 23 and Austin Davies had 22. Key goal getters, the two goals for Samuel Stubbs for Perth and multiple two score getters for Subiaco with Walters, Hickmott, Sokol, Brought and Nicholas Martin kicking two goals. On to the next game and we're into the close games now. Swan Districts 10-11-71 defeated the West Coast Eagles 9-15-69 by only two points. The Eagles getting ahead in the last minutes of the final corner, but the Swans stealing it back. The goal scorer is Mark Hutchings for the Eagles with three and 30 disposals. How is he not playing AFL footy? He is chopping up. He's absolutely killing it. Jake Waterman with three as well for the Eagles and Kupinitski with two, whereas for the Swan Districts, Warwick Wilson kicked three and seven individual goal scorers for Swans. In the disposals, the new recruit, Connor West, friend of the show, got 33. Xavier O'Neill, 24, and a goal for the Coasters. And on the Swan District side, Sam Fisher with 28 disposals and a goal. Frank Anderson and Jackson Beck both with 24 for Swans. And now down in Fremantle at the Fremantle Community Bank Oval. Grand final rematch. Huge game and 
bloody hell, did not did I have a big result? South Fremantle winning 11 goals, 268. A very accurate 11 goals, 2. Will would love that scoreline. Will would absolutely froth that. He wouldn't froth what Claremont did, 9-13-67. If they kicked straight, they would have won the game, Dan. Absolutely. Looking at the key stat getters for the match, Zachary Dent had 26 for the Bulldogs, and Hayden Schloyth had 23. And friend of the show, Jai Bolton just racking up another lazy 37 touches, as he does week in, week out. He's inhuman. Oh, it's insane. Ryan Lim had 26 disposals for the Tigers. And the key goal scorers, three goals for Isaac Barton for the Tigers. And for the winners, Benjamin Rioli kicking three goals for the Bulldogs. We'll have more information on this game in our match of the week. And that's all for the scores for round 14. He's put it through. That's the goal of the century. That is unbelievable. This week was a very special week on the Waffle calendar. It is indeed NAIDOC week all around the country, and that means that the Waffle celebrated its Indigenous heritage all across the five games here this week. Jules, I made it to one of the games, and the welcome to country that they had at most of the games were fantastic. Absolutely amazing to experience the culture of the Indigenous people here in Western Australia. Yeah, it would have been absolutely fantastic, and you got to love the clubs getting around and making these special Indigenous Guernseys for each team. Even the umpires get a Guernsey to celebrate NAIDOC week, and Dan, we're going to quickly, briefly... I've got, I got them all in front of you, mate. We're going to go through the jumpers and have a look at them. So the Claremont one was designed by Francis Watson. Beautiful-looking jumper. They're stunning. all beautiful. Yeah, they're all stunning. East Fremantle jumper was designed by Ruben Maguire. The Royals jumper was designed by Dr. Richard Wally. The Perth jumper was designed by Samuel Stubbs. The Peel Thunder jumper was designed by Alan and Mandy Davies. I love the Peel jumper. I reckon that's my favourite. Absolutely gorgeous. And looking at the Bulldogs jumper, that was designed by Sharda Jetta Farmer. The Subi jumper was designed by Kevin Binder. The Swan District jumper was designed by Edward Linden, Clayton Graham and Jamison Oogle. The West Coast jumper was designed by Daryl Bellotti. The West Perth jumper was designed by Sasha Kernett and Shannon Taylor. And the Umpires jumper also designed by Daryl Bellotti. Now, you said you like the Peel jumper. Yeah. It's a very good looking jumper. It's hard to top. But I think I like Claremont's. Claremont's did look fantastic. And unfortunately, they didn't get the win, but they looked good in defeat. Let me tell you that. Now, Dan, it was a shame that it was cancelled last year due to COVID-19 protocols and restrictions, but it was great to have it back. Like you said, you were there. The crowd would have loved it. Gets the hair standing up on the chest a little bit when the Welcome to Country happens. So hopefully, fingers crossed, it continues for the rest of the rest of the waffle. Absolutely, you're Good right, job. Jules. And I was lucky to get down to Freya Oval because just this week, the South Fremantle Footy Club unveiled a beautiful mural on the side of their club rooms um, commemorating the Indigenous players that they've had at their club. The mural was designed by artist Shaky, Indigenous artist. And if you want to have a look at it, please go to the Waffle Facebook page or check out our story on the Monday Waffle yesterday. Um, and we took a photo with it. It's absolutely stunning. And if you can get down a free oval to check it out, it's a it's a great expression of our indigenous culture here in WA. Look, I say these things, but I don't write them. Pop the confetti, I'm Dennis Committee. Listen to the Monday Waffle. Come on, come on. Now, Dan, there is just something special about South Rio and Claremont Battles. They were the last year's grand finalists, and, mate, they've produced an absolute belter on the weekend in the middle of celebrating NAIDOC week. They were vying for the Jimmy Melbourne Cup, and it went to the hands of the Bulldogs, and they won by one point. Now, mate, you were at the game. Paint me the picture, mate. Was it match of the week? It was It was a stunning game. I mean, it was close all day. The... The Bulldogs just didn't go away and then ended up getting up in the end. I mean, these two teams, whenever they get together, it is an absolute blockbuster. Claremont ran away with a 16-point victory at the very end, back in round two. But the home ground advantage seems to work a lot because the Bulldogs, the crowd just got behind them and 
got up and about, and it's fantastic to see them getting a one-point victory in the end. But it was amazing to watch. It would have been fantastic to watch. Let's look at some of the stats. Claremont had over 40 disposals more. They had 10 more inside 50s, and they did dominate on the score sheet. They had 22 scoring shots to just the 13. And we did say in the scores that Will would absolutely love this. And, yeah, goals win matches, mate. As simple as that. 11-2 to the Bulldogs got them the victory. Absolutely. And you're not wrong there, Jules. I mean, Claremont were controlling the ball most of the way through the game, but they just weren't converting. They had more inside 50s by far. They were controlling it in the middle. Um, it was rarely getting into into the um, defensive 50 for them. But when it did, the Bulldogs just knew how to convert. And that's really where the game was won. 11 goals, two is a fantastic scoreline. And, you know, when you put the ball in the hands of Cody Niet to win the game, you've won the game. I mean, kicking a goal, two minutes to go, set shot, it w- wasn't anything that was more sure ever. Cody Niet to win the game. Absolutely fantastic. Ryan Lim had a, had a good goal. He thought that was going to be the winning goal of the game from the boundary for Claremont. But no, the Bulldogs, they know how to finish a game and they did so successfully on the weekend. Now, you know what I really like about the result of this game? It just absolutely juices up the top of the table. You've got Subiaco, Claremont and South Frio all on eight wins and three losses. Percentage just separating them. It's just fantastic. I mean... It's, all won 32 points. It's really shaping up to be a fantastic top five. I mean, the top three pretty much already locked in. Subi, Claremont and South Frio are the big winners. I reckon if there were odds on this, they'd all be even because well, any one of them could take out the premiership and you just don't know. Yeah, well, mate, the way it's looking, the top five set in stone with West Perth 7-4, Swan District 7-4, and then Peel are 4-7. and seven. There's yep. three games separating six and fifth. The top five could be set in stone. That's true, mate, but you never know. I mean, West Coast only going down by two on the weekend. Before that, they won their last two games, one against Subi. Mm. So, I mean, these these up bottom teams, they're making a run for it. And with Harry Taylor coming back to East Freo, you never know what the Sharks oh, could yeah. do. <laughs> but no, Claremont South Freo, um, this is Waffle Footy at its peak. Um, whenever these two sides play, you've got to get down because it's an absolute fantastic game. It was great to have a great game like that. And we had a few close games this round as well when we had no Waffle Footy last week due to the WA COVID restrictions. And to have such good footy like that, it's just what WA fans want. Close good games of footy. Claremont South Rio, big games. Nadoc week. Oh, fantastic. Absolutely. And you know what WA fans love even more than that? A fairy tale story. Let me tell you the story of Zachary Dent. This man only played maybe six games last year, uh, played in the winning grand final, starred in it. Um, but he hasn't played a game in league since then. He came back through the resis. He's been battling illness, having breathing problems. But he's come back and he's got 26 disposals for the Bulldogs, winning by a point. I mean, what a return to the league. Huge return. And I managed to get a chat to him after the game. Welcome back, mate. Is it still good to have your first game back? Yeah, it's good. Um, it's been a long time, but uh, I've worked on a lot at training and then finally here. And it's good to have a good win against Claremont. Rain Abs- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, played Claremont early in the season, mm. went down to them. Very close game today. How's it feel to get one back? Oh, it felt a bit like day driving in the grand final, to be honest. But um, we deserved it and we pushed very hard. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can do it again next time. For sure, for sure. Um, hey, you're back. How's your form going into the do you reckon you'll find form for us this season and hopefully play till the finals? I uh, hope so. Um, it was just more of like a breathing issue I was struggling with during the year. Um, so I didn't get to do a pre-season or anything like that. But now I'm back. Um, I'm hoping to continue with good form. I played 50% last week in the resis and um, got the call this week. And, yeah, happy to get a win. Yeah, and at the end there, ball's in Cody's hands. How sure were you that you'd get the goal to win the Very game? sure, mate. He does it all the time at training. I knew he was going to put it straight through the middle, so yeah, I was backing him in. Beautiful. Good luck for the rest of the season, mate. Thanks Cheers, mate. Time. Cheers. And that right there is our match of the week. Good afternoon. This is your 
Captain speaking, coming up on the left. His high ball to half four is a huge one to win. Gets closed down. We'll kick virtually on the side. Oh, that's your mark of the season so far. Awesome. We fight one more round. We get knocked down, we get up. We fight one more round. Come on. Currently on the line on a very special episode on the Monday Waffle, we have Geelong legend. He played 280 games. He's a dual premiership player. And he's just played his 50th Waffle game for East Free Man, or Harry Taylor. Welcome to the Monday Waffle, mate. No worries at all. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, so welcome back to WAFL footy. How does it feel to put the Sharks' colours back on? Yeah, it was a little bit strange. I, uh, I went to training on Thursday and, um, you know, I've done a few sessions with the boys over pre-season and as the year's gone on. Um, and, uh, yeah, in the gym, you know, going through the, the normal routine, it was a little bit strange. I mean, the same weights are there that I... But I was listening a while ago, some of the same um, property staff and trainers. But, um, yeah, it was a, yeah, certainly still get nervous before any game of footy I play. And, you know, before the game, I had those same nerves, which is, which is exciting. Uh, so, Harry, at the end of last season, you retired from Geelong. How have you and your family found the move back to WA? Is it good to be home? Yeah, it has been nice. Just a good change of pace in lifestyle and um, good to be closer to our family. Um, good to be sort of doing a few things. That are a little bit different to the sort of routine of, of being an AFL player for you know the last 13 years. So loved every minute of that, and um, you know some days you wish you were still out there playing. I certainly do um, some of those days, and there's other times where I'm you know happy to be doing something a little bit different. Now, Harry, are you aware of this very unique stat you have broken on the weekend? So when you play for the Sharks on the weekend, you actually broke the record for the number of days break in between a Waffle game, 5,052 days, breaking Peter Bell's 4,960. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Probably a little bit old, to be honest. <laughs> also, uh, yeah, I, I meant to uh, message Belly and let him know about that. I'm not sure if it was a record that he would hold dear. Certainly probably one I won't hold dear either, but... Um, I was telling my wife it would be pretty strange looking at the records. If you uh, you know saw a guy play 50 waffle games over a 16-year period, you would have thought he's either had a lot of luck or um, a lot of injuries. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, when you moved over here, you started up by playing for Northampton. Um, why didn't you stay in Victoria? I'm sure you got offers for local teams over there. What made you return home? Uh, we just probably wanted to yeah get a little bit closer to our family. Um, you know, it's probably never an easy thing to do to to leave an elite sporting environment, particularly a great club like the Geelong Footy Club. I just absolutely love my time there, and I guess in in my mind it was a bit of if we're going to break this cycle, cold turkey is probably the best way to go. Um, if I stayed in Geelong and was working and driving past the footy club every day, it'd certainly be a pretty strong pull to to drive back in and you know try to help the club in, in some, you know, whatever way possible. But this way being you know, 3,000 kilometres away, it's uh, a little bit more that cold turkey mentality, which is probably making the transition a little bit easier, to be honest. Absolutely. Now, but you're a Jero boy um, by, by birth. What what makes you go for a club, say, Northampton? I mean, a lot of footy royalty coming out there, but what made you choose that out of all the clubs up, up in that well, region? Yeah, I actually played for them in juniors. So I grew up on a farm um, 80 kilometres from Geraldton. Um, and yeah, grew up around that area and yeah, feel a really strong connection to the people, the, the land and the ocean in that sort of part of part of Australia. So um, great to be back there playing and, and certainly great to see my young fella running around in under 12s like I was uh, a hell of a long time ago. Uh, there's a lot of football royalty from Northampton. I can name a few, Josh Kennedy, Patrick Cripps, Jamie Cripps. Have you ever, have you ever had any relationship with them or playing career with them? 
Yeah, so Josh and I played under 10s together, played under 12s together. Um, Paddy Cripps and Jamie are a little bit, uh, a little bit younger than what Josh and I are. But, um, yeah, certainly you know, crossed over with Josh and played, um, you know, quite a few games of juniors together. And then, yeah, quite strange that all these years on, we're playing against each other. AFL grounds all around Australia and, and big finals and whatnot. So, yeah, very, very funny how, how life goes. So now you've, you've retired AFL. Josh Kennedy's coming to the end of his career. You're, you were a defender. He was a forward. Who won the battles? Yeah, that's uh, another good question. Um, I certainly remember plenty of times where he's kicked some goals on me. certainly kicked, I think, a couple of bags of five. Um, I've managed to keep him quiet on a couple of occasions as well. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see over the course of our journey how many times we matched up on each other and what the stats came out as. But, um, yeah, clearly had some great battles and that's probably one thing I really cherish, the fact that we played juniors together and all these years on we managed to play against each other again and big moments in front of big crowds and, um, yeah, it's just such a great part of the journey that I've been on. And just before we get back into the waffle questions, I mean, living in Northampton, especially in the last few months, what was it like living in, in the cyclone-affected area? Is it a sort of tough time for the community up there? It has been, yeah. There's still a lot of people, unfortunately, without power and some even without homes. So the real is, I guess the realism of it all is starting to hit home a little bit more now that seeding's finished. So a lot of the farmers in the district would have been working pretty hard to get their crops in to sort of secure their livelihood moving forward and uh, unfortunately haven't had time to tend to fences, tend to shearing sheds, tend to uh, a lot of damage that had been caused. So uh, we need to, yeah, we need to keep supporting these people because uh, the reality is they don't ask for too much. Um, so Harry, you booted a double-figure haul playing at Northampton. You kicked four in your waffle return on the weekend. Mate, did you retire AFL too early? Yeah, it's funny. I, uh, some days I wake up and I'm certainly, um, you know, wishing I was still out there playing elite AFL football at the great club like the Geelong Cats. And there's plenty of days where I also wake up and uh, very content and happy with how it all played out, mate. It's uh, it is sort of a bit of a roller coaster when you retire. You go through a range of emotions, but um, yeah, although it's nice to kick some goals and and you know, do some things on the weekend which were really enjoyable, there's there's plenty of other parts which are difficult to the anxiety, the stress, the ups and downs of um, you know, being on the roller coaster of winning and losing. Those certainly are the parts that I don't miss as much about, about footy. Absolutely. Now, um, you come back for the Sharks this year. You come back halfway through the season. Um, are you looking to stick it out? I mean, are you looking to try and get the Sharks into the finals and play it out for the end of this year, maybe even next year? Uh, yeah, I've sort of got to work through a few things. So uh, it was pretty much um, after sort of you know talking to the coaches and and basically seeing the injury toll on the list at the moment that the Sharks have, particularly in their forward half of the ground. I thought there was a possibility to help out, um, you know, for a, a short period of time. Then I could do it. Um, I was taking a bit of a risk. Obviously, I hadn't played at waffle level for whatever you mentioned over five thousand days and. Um, you know, clearly wasn't in an AFL elite environment the last sort of six to seven months either. So um, I was taking a bit of a risk, but um, was happy to do so to try to help out where I could. And COVID affected things a little bit the previous week. Managed to play this week, and then you know, got to work out what happens going forward after that. Um, Harry, just a, just a few AFL questions. So you were drafted at pick seventeen in two thousand seven, and you're one club player at Geelong. Um, how hard was it to, to, to travel interstate? And during your career, were you ever close to coming home and playing for Freo or West Coast? Uh, yeah, I guess the first, the, the second part of the question. Uh, first, I, I was in two thousand thirteen. Um, you know, I was coming out of contract at the Cats, and I uh, was looking to probably 
I guess, sign another deal either at Geelong or, or move back to WA. That was sort of what we were working through. Um, didn't get any stages where I was meeting, you know, clubs in WA or anything like that. It was purely a decision whether we wanted to start our family over in WA. We had uh, two young kids at that point, one which would have been starting school. So the reality was, do we want to start them in a school in Western Australia and set our lives up there or, or whether we wanted to sort of continue in Geelong for a period of time? And to be honest, the, the Geelong you know, lifestyle and the people and the, certainly the culture at the footy club were were really, really big factors in us staying. And that's not to say that it might not have been the case over in WA, but we were really comfortable and happy with where we were at. And um, as I said a few times now, I just love the Geelong Footy Club and wanted to try to help them win as many premierships as possible. So, uh, yeah, I hope that sort of answers answers the question. No, absolutely. Uh, and during your career, Geelong, you were kind of a floating player, playing defence up forward. You've shown you can kick goals, especially this year. Um, any chance of playing in the straight guts now, mate? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, I uh, remember back to my East 3 days and probably the last year I was there, 2007, I, I was telling the, the younger boys at the at the Sharks on the weekend, there was one game I remember playing full back, full forward, ruck rover, and also did a bit of ruck work all in the same game. So I was a junior and sort of utility back then and um, I dare say I wouldn't be much good at that now. All right, Harry, thank you so much for coming on board for the Monday Waffle this episode. Now, you've won two premierships at Geelong, so hopefully, in your sake, you can win a premiership for the Sharks just to finish off the AFL and Waffle resume, mate. Yeah, no worries at all. Thanks for having Don't forget to go to the Monday Waffle Facebook page and throw us a like and follow us on Twitter. Now, it's been an absolutely stellar round 14 of Waffle Footy, but... There's another week next weekend, so let's have a look at the round 15 fixtures and we'll go with our tips, Dan. So, fire away. Who's winning first, Subiaco versus West Coast? See, normally <laughs> I would say Subi is a sure thing here, but the West Coast got up on them about four weeks ago, so I don't know. I mean, Subi, I think they've found their form back. I'm going to tip them, but I would not be surprised if this is a nail-biter. Okay. West Perth versus the Sharks? The Sharks, I mean, they're on the up. Harry Taylor's back. But West Perth, I mean, with guys like Shan Nelson, Aaron Black, and Tyler Cartel kicking those goals, um, you can't go past the Falcons up in June. I agree. Too much class. Swan Districts versus South Fremantle. This is, I reckon it's got to be a hard-fought win for the Bulldogs. The Swans aren't going to go away, though. I think it'll be, it'll be tight. Um, but the Bulldogs will prevail in the end. Perth versus East Perth. My mighty Royals. I'm hoping they'll get up here. They've had a great start to the second half of the season, the Royals. Um, so hopefully they can continue that form. But Perth at home, um, they'll be looking to bounce back from last week as well. So it'll be a nail-biter as well. And the game down. This game's on Sunday. Peel Thunder versus Claremont, 1.10pm down in Mandra. What's your tip, mate? I reckon the Tigers will get up here. Peel will have a, have a go at it. But the Tigers, coming off last week's loss, um, they'll be looking to get one back. I don't disagree with any of those, mate. And that's our tips for round 15. <laughs> Well, Dan, it's been fun. Thank you very much for listening to the Monday Waffle this week. We've had Harry Taylor on. We've reviewed the NADOC week. And we've had match of the week. Probably one of the match of the years. Absolutely. It's been fantastic. And thanks for coming on board with me today, mate. Thanks, Jules. Make sure to follow us on our socials at the Monday Waffle on Instagram and Twitter. Also, our Facebook page, the Monday Waffle. If you've got any feedback for us, anyone you want to see on the pod, please... 
flick us a message and we make sure to get those people on the podcast. And if you thought this was the only episode coming out this week, you're wrong. There's going to be a special app of the WAFLW Grand Final released during the week. Absolutely. Appeal Thunder taking on the Swan Districts down at David Gray's Arena. If you want to hear all about it, make sure you tune into the bonus app on the Monday Waffle Podcast, wherever you find your podcasts. No, absolutely. Thank you very much for coming on board. See you next week. Pleasure, Jules. Thanks for listening to the Monday Waffle proudly brought to you by the students from ECU Broadcasting.